course now. Hey, y'all, hope y'all enjoyed that song of the day. Yeah, man, some old East Coast go. Man, hey, Trouble Funk, baby, they're getting it in, they're getting it in. That's what I'm talking about right there. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk, and we have a good show for you today, 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 today. Resisting logic. That's what the well, I, in, I titled the show. Now, see, here's the interesting about that. Originally, I was going to put the title as Resisting Arrest, okay? But then I thought about it. I, I really did. I gave it a little thought. I said, yeah, that's too simple for what I want to talk about. So I say the logic in the logic. Now, I'm just going to leave it at the logic, right? So that's why I got the title Resisting Logic. And, um, yeah, because I got some feelings about some things that went on um, last week. Um, yeah, about some shootings that went on. And I know some of you out there, you're going to get upset with me. Yeah, yeah. some of y'all going to be quite upset with me. But that's okay, because I, I want to give you something to think about. You know, especially those that have uh, children, especially of driving age. Yeah. There's some things you need to think about out there when when your young people are out there, you know, doing their thing. Because as parents, we can't watch our kids 24-7. Okay, let's be honest here. Not once they reach the age of 17, 18, we can't watch them 24-7. So we can only uh, uh, hope that our upbringing and our teachings that and conversations we've had with them during the upbringing will kick in at some time during their path, journey through life. Yeah. And, you know, as I, I looked at a lot of these shootings, looked at the videos, you know, heard the parents out there saying their little things, um, some things bothered me. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Some things really bothered me. Okay. And one of the things that, that really hit a nerve, the 13-year-old child that was shot in Chicago. I know everybody paid attention to his hands being up in the air. And then there's another video that, you know, shows the weapon behind the fence. And maybe he had it in his hand when he tossed it, didn't turn around with his hands up. And that's why he got shot. Okay. All right. We got that. We got that part of it. The thing I wanted to know, and I know some of you out there are asking the same question, what was a 13-year-old child, and I, I meant to say child, outside at 2.30 in the morning? What, 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 what is going on? 13, and not only just out there with weapons and everything. I mean, who lets a 13-year-old child out? Now, I talked to a good friend earlier today, and they were like, well, maybe the parents worked at night, or, well, maybe, you know, they just don't care. And I get that. I get that. I I, I do. I understand that in, in those cases. But you mean to tell there's nobody going to watch a child? I know. Mr. Talk, you just said that you can't watch your child all the time. That's right. 
At two thirty in the morning for a thirteen year old being outside? Come on now. Somebody should have had uh eyes on them or something. Yeah. You know, it's it's just one of those things that I I, I just I don't know. I, I just can't put my brain on it. You know, I, I can't. No. Gone. Just gone. Hadn't really started life yet. Parents, we have to do a little bit better than what we're doing. I know there's some parents out there, they're right on it. Bam, bam, bam. I mean, you're doing a wonderful job. But I I believe we need to work on uh, those other parents that are kind of slacking a little bit. You know, help them out a little bit. Yeah, help them out. Now, right now, I'm talking about the 13-year-old child, because we're going to get to Duante right here in a moment. If you already know your child is hanging around people that aren't, you know, straight up, don't you think you should have some kind of, some type of, of, of safety plan in place? Two thirty in the morning. Thirteen. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. In the mo, and of all places, Chicago, where we hear about multiple, multiple shootings every weekend. Ten years old. Thirteen. But anyway, let's get to Dewante Wright, because this is this is the one that really, really uh, kind of got under my skin here. Now, y'all know we've talked about shootings on the show before, and I said some things, and I'm going to say them again. I'll say it again today. We have to make better decisions. We have to make better decisions, people. Number one, let me see, I'm working my way through this right now. I'm working my way through this, so bear with me, okay? You know, it's easy to see a video and get all riled up about it. It is. Oh, my God, you see how they shot them? You see how they shot them? But did you know there have been at least 64 people that have been that has died at the hands of police since Derek Chauvin trial began? 64 people. But you haven't heard all, all about that, have you? Of course you haven't. Here and there. But now in Minnesota, we have people rioting. We have, you know, those aren't the main people that's protesting. They're just joining in. And, of course, the media is going to make it seem like everybody that's out there is, is, is rioting and looting. That's not the case. But anyway, go back to where I was going. Um, we, um, 
we have to really look at at, at this video. Because I've been looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. And what bothers me is Mr. Wright was out of the car. He was standing there being patient, getting ready to put, to let them put the handcuffs on him. And everything was going fine. But then all of a sudden, in a matter of uh, seconds, Mr. Wright just defied logic. He really did. All of a sudden, he wanted to move. He wanted to to, 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 to get away, I guess is the right word. Get away. And I, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Our decisions we make at times are what cost us our lives. Now, some of you are going to be mad at me about that. But in this instance, if Mr. Wright hadn't decided that he wanted to be uh, 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 Mr. Getaway, eighty percent he would still be alive. Now that's not taking the onus off the officer, female officers that shot him, saying she meant to pull her taser. That that is not taking the onus off of her. But we have to understand that sometimes decisions are made that we don't want to acknowledge or or say happen. And I'm going to say it right here. If he hadn't decided to get away, he probably would still be alive. Logic says if they're putting the handcuffs on you, let them put the handcuffs. You made the phone call. You can make your phone call. Get bailed out. But that is not the the path that Mr. Wright decided to take. He decided to jump back in the car. With all the news that's going on about uh, officers shooting young black men, shootings, period. What was the decision-making process that caused this young man to get back in his car. I told you, some of y'all going to be mad at me. His mother's, once he got back in the car, his mother was on the phone with him. Yeah, she was on the phone with him. She actually said she heard the officer tell Mr. Wright, don't run. And another one tell him, put the phone down. Mother said that. And I understand they lost their child. I understand that. Trust me, nobody understands death more than I do. But my, my, my thought process is, is you should have told him to put the phone down, too. You should have told him, stop, don't fight. George Floyd, the older gentleman that was on the thing, he told him, man, give up. When? I mean, logically, where was Mr. Wright going to go? He had, he's got stopped for expired tags. Apparently, he had a warrant out for a weapon charge. 
Like he didn't know that, I'm sure. But because of the bonehead decision that he made, we're talking about his death right now. And I'm, I, I, yeah, a bonehead decision. I'm not apologizing for what I said. A bonehead decision. Yeah, the female officer. Yes, yeah, she she did made one also. She did. Now I, I, I'm explaining that part of it to you for a reason. Because later on in the show, we're going to talk about, well, here in a little while, we're going to start talking about what is resisting arrest? Resisting arrest. What should you do when you're pulled over? What should the officers be doing when they're pulled over, when, you're, when they pull you over to make a traffic stop? See, a lot of times, as, as pedestrians or citizens, we feel that we know everything and we should let it be known we know everything in every situation. But see, you, what you have to understand also, police officers are people. They're individuals. They're there to supposedly protect you. But some of you individuals out there don't give them a chance to protect you. You don't give them a chance to say anything. A lot of you talk your way out of, talk your way into tickets because you won't shut up long enough. These are men and women who have decided they're going to put the blue on and protect the citizens. Yes, I used air quotes then. But some of you citizens, y'all full of it. Y'all full of it. As soon as you let the window down, there you go, spotting off all kind of crazy to the officer. And then he said, hello, ma'am. And you going off. And if you're out there riding dirty, and that's slang for if you got warrants and stuff, and you know it, don't be surprised when you get caught. Don't be surprised. But a lot of you, you act like you didn't know it. You know you didn't go to that case. You didn't go to the court appearance. You know you didn't pay that ticket. So why are you acting surprised? Now you the officer agree for doing his job. You know, they have family issues just like you do. They have bills they have to pay just like you do. A whole lot more you do on a daily basis. But you just run out. Currently, I have had interactions with multiple police and state troopers, and not never, no, never, never have I had a problem. And a couple of times, I was pissed off. Pissed off. I was pissed off. They pulled me because, but nobody. Be rated 
first You know, there's somebody's son. There's somebody's dad. You don't want to complain about that. Decisions that you make a lot of times cost you. I saw you tripping one. Get on back in there if you want to talk to me. That 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 is just the thing that bothered me about these shootings. The decisions that were made. I say, well, I'm not. An officer should get off the hook or be let off the hook and what have you. But what I am saying is, our decisions sometimes dictate the actions that are taken against us. I'm just putting it out there. I am. I'm putting it out there. You don't have to agree with me. That's cool. But anyway, let me um, take this call right here before I carry on. <laughs> All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here and what you got for me? You like being a DJ too damn long. Jeez. I know. I, I was having fun, man. I just felt like some good music today, some upbeat well, music. All the music you play is good, but 15 minutes, people would have thought it was a music show. <laughs> That's why I was so upbeat. They couldn't do no but sit there and nod their head. To, I had to come on. I came on here. <laughs> yeah. I just want. I didn't have any comments except to tell you that you were breaking up and you were breaking up bad. But now you're uh, you're sounding okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, there's a computer trying to update, and I'm trying to keep it from updating, so that's probably what y'all are hearing out there. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, I don't have any um, any uh, comments to make. I don't even know that much about Guante uh, Wright and the other shooting. Floyd came out with some new evidence um, about the, the amount of fentanyl in his body, the angle in which the, uh, the officer was uh, on him. Some angles of the videos show that he wasn't on the neck as much as he was on. The officer wasn't on his neck as much as, as he was on his back. So I don't know, um, you know, the um, the whole um, entire history of what's going on with uh, with Floyd or with Wright. So I'm just I, until I know more, I'm just going to keep quiet. Well, with the Floyd case, um, they're doing closing arguments today. See, everything you're talking about now basically was presented last week. So now they just, they, they just, um, they're doing closing arguments and the jury should have it by the end of the day. No later than tomorrow. So we we, we have to see. Well, who do you think gave the better uh, presentation, the defense or the prosecution? Honestly, I think it was the prosecution. Okay, because I haven't I haven't seen any of the video at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was the prosecution, and because no matter what was presented, uh, I think the jurors are going to remember nine minutes and twenty nine seconds. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. the time, it, the time. Right. You know, so I, I think that's that's now we've we've been wrong before. That's where a lot of states, uh, a lot of places are preparing for a riot, for, for um, pro- protest. I'm going to say protesting. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are afraid they may have another Rodney King type situation. 
Yeah, well, if he gets off, there definitely will be, and I'm going to call them riots because um, when protesters show up, and every time protesters show up, there's a riot, then it's a riot. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of riots, um, well, since you're here, Joe, you might as well stay now. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Florida's governor, Florida's governor, um, oh, what's DeSantis. the guy's name? DeSantis, yeah. yeah. He just signed a bill, an anti-riot bill, into law in the state of Florida. Isn't that convenient? Well, yeah, I think it's I think it's yeah, I think it's cool. I think it shows that anybody shows up to do riots that the police are not gonna stand down and the people throwing Molotov cocktails, setting uh, buildings on fire, et cetera. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of riots in that um in that state. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Depending on what part of the state. Um, the law increases penalties for crimes during a riot or violent protest. Won't allow people arrested in violent protests to be released from jail before a first court appearance and makes it a felony to organize a felony organize. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, the proposal. I guess a riot or... or, or organized? No, that, no yeah. that's wrong. The other yeah. stuff you read, I, I agreed with. But to organize? No, no, no. People should have the right to organize uh, anytime. Right, exactly. Um, here's another one. The pro- proposal would make it a second-degree felony to destroy or demolish a memorial, plaque, flag, painting structure, or other object that commemorates historical people or events. That would be punishable up to 10 years in prison. I have to think about yeah, that, that because people are allowed to. Well, okay, I know what he's saying. Because um, I, I automatically went to um, people burning the flag, but they, that would, they were burning their own flag. Yeah, you can't destroy government property. Right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out here in the next, depending on what the um, show um Verdict is. We we have to see about that. We really will. Himself for it outside of the um, unlawful to organize. I like everything that he said. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, there's some people in 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 that in the Senate that's not happy with that right there. So I, I we have to wait and see how how it's played out. I'm sure there's a loophole somewhere somebody can find. Yeah, but, probably. Of course. But, um, <laughs> I didn't know the title of your show was Resisting Logic, but it sounds good. I mean, I don't know what Wright was thinking based upon what you were talking about um, on your show. He knows he's got a warrant out for his arrest. He's got the cops there. If he runs, if he drives away, they know where to find him. So just get arrested and get a lawyer. Exactly. That what that is what logic would say, right? Would tell mm-hmm. us, right? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But for some reason, he resisted that and decided he was going to, you know, make America's um, favorite um, car chase or something. I don't know. What are you thinking? Yeah, well, you know, my thought process is, you know, his decision making um, at that time was not great and, and is a contributing factor to his death. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people know a lot of people not going to agree with me on it, and some of them will probably be mad at me for saying it. But I got to call it like I see it. Well, you did say contributing factor. You didn't say it was the only factor. We have to hold right. the uh, the officer accountable to some degree. But she was on the job for twenty seven days, from what I understand. Is that right? Twenty six years. Twenty six years. This. Yes. I thought it was another one who was on for no. another case. This one? Yes, this one. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I can't, I can't call her a newbie then. Uh, no. Uh-uh. No. She's a veteran, so, yeah. So she, yes. Depends, depends about how many times she, she took out that, that taser, but even though they're supposedly trained um, to know that the taser is on the side of your hip, that is not your 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 gun side, right? And your dominant side. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So she just didn't. Uh, well, was it, I also heard that uh, that Wright was uh, brandishing a gun. Is that right? No, no, no. no. He okay. wasn't brandishing a gun. Not that I saw, and nothing that I have read. Now he had gun charges against him. That what the mm. warrant was for. Right. But no, at that time, no. He was just trying to drive away. Hmm. Now, the interesting thing about it is, and before it was even made known, I heard a yell, taser, 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 you know, which in their training, that's what they do before they fire it. Right. She said, I'm going to tase She did say, I'm going to tase you. Now, how her saying, I'm going to tase you, yelling taser, 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 didn't help her realize that she wasn't holding a taser? I have no idea. Yeah, that's gonna come out. Um, yeah. Um, hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, even though I mean, the guy I mean, did not yes. have a gun. No. She should have had some state of mind. She's twenty six years in the force. She should have had some state of mind to pull out the taser from the left side instead of the right side. But and and yeah, I don't know. I hope she doesn't yeah. think she was in fear of her life. Otherwise, it's gonna all turn into a farce. No, she admitted it was a mistake. She meant to tase. She said she meant to tase him. Mm-hmm. You know, which still, you know, says, okay, so how did you not notice you grabbed your revolver? Yeah. Well, the, how how soon after she had the revolver in her hand pointing it at him did she pull the trigger? Oh, she had to point it at him for a minute now. She had to point it at him for a minute. Yeah. Well, I'm, I say well, at least a minute. She had to point it at him because you can see her holding it right there in the video. Oh no, no, no! She's got no. I don't think she has any defense now. I thought and she then just pulled it out and, and and automatically started shooting, thinking no. that oh, she had the gun pointed at him, <laughs> and then she shot him, thinking it was a thing. Yeah. Then she says, "Oh, oh, oh shit! Well, I shot him." Yeah. Oh, oh man, prosecution's going to have a field day with that. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Mm. Now, what is, what is the argument going to be from the defense? You know, well, let me hey, see. if I were hey, a defense hey. attorney, mm. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you what the argument going to be. He resisted arrest, and that caused her to shoot him. I thought that she was like uh, three or four feet away, something like that. Oh, she wasn't far enough to where she was gonna miss if she when she if she fired. Well, so in other words, did, I heard you mention handcuffs. Did she try to put handcuffs on him and then and then he resisted? Yes, yes, 
They had him outside the car attempting to put the handcuffs on him. For some reason, something happened, and they began to tussle, and he started trying to make it back to his car. Yeah, mm. he made it inside the car. Ah. Uh, well, cops yes. are not supposed to shoot victims uh, running away or driving right, away. Right, right, right. Oh, you know, and no, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was part of my other argument. I'm like, where was he going to run to? Not like they didn't have his information anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, so. they hate car chases, and they hate showing up for domestic violence and stuff. But still, I mean, if she had the gun out and pointed it at him for about a minute or so. Well, see, the other thing about that, Joe, is she wasn't the only officer out there. There was at least one, two, three, three more, three other officers out there with her. And she was the only one that had a weapon out. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. I don't think it looks too good for that chick. <laughs> but I, I think I think also, as I was saying earlier in the show, there has been such a, a open season on law enforcement lately. She may have just, you know, just been scared. Of course, well, she can't she, say she was know, scared. Yeah. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I, that I agree yeah. with. I mean, first off, being a woman, she's going to be scared no matter what. Yeah. More scared more scared than men, and men would probably be scared, too, in that situation, based upon what you're saying, that there seems to be this uptick in violence against cops. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of them are going to be fidgety uh, because they don't want anybody going back into the car because they can reach down and bring something back out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Oh, in the chat room, we got Sarge talking. Sarge says she was not involved in the handcuffing. The officers attempting to subdue Wright released him when she yelled taser to avoid being shocked. Well, yeah, but that was after he he was in the car. Yeah, that was after he was in the car. I wish now, Sarge would show up because he usually has the facts uh, details for us. Yeah, he was just here a minute ago. I guess he had, he had to go. Once I started reading what he said, he hung up. So hopefully he'll come <laughs> back because I know he did. This is I know you know. Yeah. Um, Sarge says, generally, are you crawling? Women are not. What well, what? you broke up. <laughs> oh. Um, it says men, Sar says men generally are used to brawling. Women are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, physical, yeah. 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 Mm. I don't know. So, that 26 years plus the uh, the gun on the guy for a minute, or even if it was only 30 seconds, that's a, that's a long 30 seconds uh, when, you, when you're in a confrontation like that. Right. Exactly. A long 30 seconds. Yeah, so I don't. I like that. What do you? Okay, she was fearful, true, but still, she was the only one with a gun. Yes, she should have. She should have put her back into the holster. She she yelled taser. She she was she was you know her adrenaline or her <laughs> estrogen was running a little bit too wild for her. She should have been there to be. She shouldn't have been there. I mean, if she's she's got the gun in the hand and still doesn't put it back in the holster to get the taser after shouting taser, 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 that incident 
um, upset her way too much, I think, for her to even be a cop. Well, <laughs> well, she made it 26 years, so how did all of a sudden she just become timid? Um, yeah, well, you know what, and um, supposedly most cops don't take out their guns except for only twice throughout their tenure. So most of the time, most cops do not get into um, violent situations. So even though she was on the force for 26 years, she may have had, you know, a situation similar to that five years ago, six years ago. Um, and since then, maybe she never had any um, any occasion to take out the gun. So, you know, if you don't if you don't use your memory muscles, it's like playing ball. If you don't play ball for a while, you forget how to get the ball in the hoop. You got to go back to practice. So, if she hasn't been in a situation like that for a long time, maybe she would have she's forgotten how to um, how to operate because training when you get it through manuals and you get it through some sort of drills not quite the same as if you've gone through real-life situations uh, long enough. So, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'd be interested to find out what the defense would be. I don't know. Sar says women tend to perceive a greater danger than men in the same situation. Well, he's a <sighs> He would know. Yeah, I guess I guess it's different because I know when I was serving in the military and we were overseas in the war zones, hey, the women the, the women I was I was with, oh, mm-hmm. they were on point. There was none of that tendency or you know, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Firing, what they were behind um, uh, cover and they were firing back at the enemy. Hey. Uh, sometimes we were in the, we were in convoy and they were firing back with open doors on Humvees. So yeah, spin all the way around. Heck yeah. Oh, we had some hardcore. Hmm. And they were women. They weren't you know. They yeah. were women. <laughs> Let me put it that way. They were women. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a few of you had a little bit of fun with them uh, at when when you were back at base. Oh yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt. Hey, they do. Hey, I ain't got... Anyway, back on uh-huh. what we we're talking about. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, back on what I'm talking about here. So, you know, I yeah, I can't say that you know that selects her off the hook, but he definitely made a bad decision. And you know what else made made me mad about that? Ben Crump, not but talking about it. I'm like, aren't you still doing this this Chauvin thing? So, and now all of a sudden you right over here. I know it's only like ten minutes away from where Chauvin having this trial, but really, or well, ten miles, I meant to say. But really, you ain't finished one trial, and you already, you know, and that that makes me suspicious about those cats anyway. You know, Which one are you talking about? Because you broke up at the time. Uh, I'm talking about um, ben, Benjamin Crump. You know, he represented, um, uh, uh, who he represents? The name sounds familiar. Is he a black yeah. attorney? Yeah, he's the black attorney. He represented oh, okay. the Crump, I mean, the um, uh, Floyd family. Oh, okay. Now, you know, now he all of a sudden, he's speaking for the Wright family. 
Well, when you win somebody $26 million or $27 million in a civil suit, if he's a civil, civil lawyer, then, yeah, he's going to be in demand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or he's making himself in demand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, you know, right at this point, I know he he considers himself doing well, but I, he's no better than an ambulance chaser, if you ask me. You know, he, he yeah. I mean, because it's, it's, ah. Ah, you know, and, and to me, I, I'm sorry. Every shooting, I know it sounds bad, but every shooting is not a a, a racial thing. I know people gonna get mad at me for saying that, but I'm just gonna tell you like it is. That's the way I see it. It's not. Mm-hmm. Some of some of them are bad decisions made. Walter Scott in South Carolina. No, I know nothing about that case. Yeah, well. It happened some years ago where the guy was pulled over for a broken tail light. And all of a sudden, he jumps out the car and decides to run. Now, number one, he has a limp, so he can't run fast. All right? <laughs> yeah. Point Unless you're two, the mummy in one of these horror movies, you always... Yeah. Point number two, <laughs> um, point number two, the cop was out of shape, so he couldn't chase him down. So, I mean, what did you expect to happen? And I said the same thing when that happened. The decisions we make sometimes are deadly to us because we don't make the right decision. Yeah. I don't you know. Can, I mean, yeah. you can blame the officer, but you have to go back to what, to me, I go back and look what caused this. What were the actions before the actual action, you know, final mm-hmm. pl- action? Yeah, and a lot of times that's what I see us making bad decisions. But well, anyway, course, yeah, it's always bad decisions. I just wonder where do the people think they're going to go that the cops who you know, unless you, you know, if you, especially if you have a warrant out for them, are not going to find you. And if you don't have a warrant out on you, you're going to have a car chase, and people have your um, have your license plates still. So where are you going to go? You're going to start running around the country trying to find. Um, some hole uh, to, to live in for a while. Uh, maybe they're just so afraid of jail that they would they would risk doing that. Uh huh. Okay. Now you ain't afraid of jail to do it. So uh, with certain crimes, you're not afraid of jail because hey, you say hey, if I get caught, I just have to do my time until the time presents itself. Then you do something dumb. I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just I'm in my feelings about this right now. Because I'm just tired of seeing everything always blamed on the same thing, and there are other things that's going on that cause is causing these these things to happen. You know, and 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 the ones and the ones the ones that get most publicized are the ones where they uh, presume that the officer has done something wrong, and everybody beats on that, beats on that, beats on that. But sometimes, as I said before, we have to go and look back and what caused that officer to do that. Officers are humans, just like we are, Joe, me and you. You know, they have their bad days. They have their good days. They have family issues. You know, some, I mean, and for some reason, we, we uh, um, fail to realize that. Being a soldier in, 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 um, over in the combat zone, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of, of what my mission is, if I get a letter the day before and I'm about to go out on a mission, you know, that may affect the way I, I act. 
You know, I may want to shoot everybody in sight. Yeah, you know, yeah. or maybe I just want to see. You see what I'm saying? It yeah, just depends. You know, and, and people, uh, uh, people believe the media too much, number one. And we just don't take That's the time true. to think about the logic behind what is really going on. But anyway, I ain't going to talk too much because, see, I've been got to go on again. Let me bring, um, I think the Sarge who want to come in here. And uh, let's see. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here and what you got for me? You're absolutely correct, and I shall attempt, endeavor to assist you with understanding these phenomena. I consider it my duty. You consider your duty, Sarge? <laughs> yes, sir, I do. I need to. Oh, you, taxpayers, you taxpayers paid a lot of money to train me over the years. I mean, a lot. I would estimate my total, the total amount of money the military and the police force spent on me to be in the millions of dollars with training. And the taxpayers deserve to get some of that back in the form of what I know. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> All right. But anyway, so let me sorry. explain. Now remember, I, I gave you a carefully crafted explanation last week about tachypsychia and target fixation, remember? Yes, I remember Again, that. I don't know if that's true in her case. I'm not saying it is. But if she chose to raise it as an affirmative defense in mitigation of her actions, I, it, it is so well established that it occurs in stressful situations that she would have a, a fine case for her defense attorney to make if she chooses to raise it. I'm convinced, based upon what I saw, that's what she had. She literally excluded other visual and auditory uh, uh, sensations to the and fixated on her target and completely ignored the fact that she had a, 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 a weapon in her hand that weighed three times more than her taser, was a totally different color, and was beeping, and two red lights were flashing, and a display was right there in the field of view. But she excluded all of that in order to look at the subject because I think to some degree or other she panicked. Mm. And that's what okay. it is. I, I, I'm apt to a moral certainty I'm convinced of it without knowing for sure being able to read her mind. Now, uh, there's a reason why all these states put in the, and by the way, I, my training, when I used to train my office, I said, before we got the fat simulators, you know, the firearms training simulator, which is really yeah. an excellent tool. Before right. we got that, I said, how can I induce stress in my, I can't actually shoot at them, you know? Mm. I mean, that, that's, I, when it came to say, I said, what can we do to try to induce a level of stress which will distort their perceptions and affect the way they shoot so they can be aware of how it's going to affect their shot placement before they shoot. What we came up with, however imperfectly, I mean, remember, we were struggling to make training better and more reasonable. The way to get the heart rate up. We figured we could either make them sprint a little bit before they started, but that really wasn't enough. So we started taking water guns and shooting them with water guns and screaming at them. And we were checking at it, and it did raise their heart. We checked the heart pulse level and see. It did raise it a bit. So that would affect their shooting, and it get less better results, and they were able to focus better and get better shooting scores by being more accurate. Because we were taking into account stress levels involved in shooting. And that, that, the fat similar was much, 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 much better, and we stopped doing that. 
But that was a technique we used, and it did work to some effect, and I think it did make the training a bit better. Now, people ask me why uh, you, they have statutes that say it's unlawful you, for you to resist arrest. Why is it the, I mean, if, it, you, you, if it's an unlawful arrest, you ought to have a right to resist it. Well, you know, a jury might decide that you do. They might decide you're not guilty no matter what the law says. The jury can do that. They can negate laws by that. But the reason they put it up in the law is because officers overwhelmingly behave in good faith. A warrant might be set in error. There might be an incorrect name attached to it. There might be an expired warrant that hasn't been cleared out of the system. There might be, uh, 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 we always talk about police corruption, maybe some corrupt official somewhere along the line put somebody's name in there because they didn't like them. Who hmm. knows? But the officer is acting in good faith. He has to assume the warrant or whatever it is is based upon good information, just like if he's acting in good faith based upon his observations, which later might turn out to be incorrect, although they are reasonable at the time the officer perceives them, well, he acts on that information. That's why. That is the main reason why, not to empower the police to be tyrannical over you. The main reason they put that stuff in the law is because most officers behave in good faith, even if they're wrong. Hmm. Even, even if there's if they're no wrong. basis for the arrest. And they want to minimize the likelihood of injury to you, and the officer caused by your resistance to even an unlawful, improper arrest. That's it. It makes sense. That's logic. Hmm. That's logic. <laughs> See, that's logic. So, so why do we, why is there such a problem with it, then, Sarge? Why is there such a problem, problem with it? it? The media is exaggerating this. These Marxists are. There is no such thing as open season on black men. There's been like a there's been like a single to low double digit of unarmed black men being shot, and just because you're not carrying a firearm or a bladed instrument does not mean you're unarmed. Because more people, literally by number, have been killed by fists and feet than by assault weapons or rifles of every description. That is a fact. That is logic. Let me say that again. <laughs> If you're a healthy adult male, a normally fit, healthy adult male, you are never unarmed if your fists and feet are working. So, in other words, what you're saying, Sarge, is that the police are, are aware of that, and even if the even if the uh, the guy in question doesn't have a weapon, the cops are still aware that he can start a fight, and if he starts a fight, the cop is in danger. Yeah, been there, oh. done that. I'm, I don't know how many times. Okay. Six times in 26 years, I got in a brawl with a guy, and he made an attempt to get my gun. Six mm. times. Yeah. If he'd have uh, got it, I believe man. he would have shot me. Yeah. He didn't have anything on him other than his hands, fists, and feet, and his strength. And I got to yeah. go toward his door and hand-to-hand with this clown. Yeah. I didn't want to hear but, that stuff about but, unarmed wait, wait, hold black on. men or unarmed hold on, hold on, hold on, Sarge. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um... So when you saw this individual when you first approached him, as much as you can remember, what were your what was your first first thought? Was your first thought that you may have to you know battle this guy, or you know did you have a plan before you approached him? I have a plan for every single suspect that I am 
approaching for investigative purposes every single time. I made a preliminary set of actions. If they start to act furtive and uh, they're making and they're exhibiting behavior based on my, my long experience and my training and talking to other officers, I constantly did that. What did you see? What did you do? Remember, I was a training officer. This is my job. So I did it constantly. You know, what, what is this? What is it? And when I started to see it, I immediately selected a point that I'm going to strike, that I'm going to hit if it goes sideways. I'm already getting ready to fight if necessary. Already. And I always assume that any time I approach anyone for any investigative purposes that they are armed with a firearm. This is the United States. There's 450 million guns out there in private hands. Why in the hell shouldn't I assume it? Now, that mean it's true. I Look, I never killed anybody. Okay, thank God almighty. I pray on my knees every day. I never killed anybody as a police officer. I came close to it, though. And almost every mm. police officer who has get in any, particularly if you're working in a big city, you're going to get involved in a situation like that. You just, it's just inevitable. It's going to happen. What the best thing you do is you look at the person, you look at the circumstances. Why are you investigating this person? How are they behaving? What other information have you collected? Roll call, talking to other officers based upon your prior cases and whatnot. You formulate a plan of action at that time. It's called tactics. Too many police officers don't use good tactics for that reason. That's why, in my department, we constantly stress that you are living in a tactical situation. Most of the oh, okay. time, you won't have trouble. Like 95% of the time, there won't be any physical fight or confrontation. Police court can be boring as hell. Right. But when it does, everything goes sideways, and it goes sideways from zero to 100 in a split second. Mm. And you've got to be ready for it when it does. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's almost impossible to get that across these crazy people these days. Well, why did you shoot him in the leg? I, I, you know, if I ever hear that, I start cussing that son bitch out. <laughs> yeah, I hear, yeah, I hear you about that, son. Uh, you got somebody, you got somebody charging you. You're not going to try to uh, to pretend that you're why you know somebody who's a sharp. It is shooter. a violation of policy to try to do that. Because you're not likely to hit it. Nothing moves faster than people's arms and legs. The body mass is harder to move faster. Center mass, that's where you go. If the threat is that dire that you got to shoot them, you're not concerned about whether or not it kills them as much as you are with trying to stop their attack. That is most likely to occur with bullets placed center mass, where critical mm. organs can be hit. I say, I know that sounds cold wow. and people to hear it, but it's life and death, damn it. I ain't got no time for niceties. I ain't got no time for your damn sensitivities. I'm either fighting for my life or someone else's or both. Well, I'm not going to disagree with I, you. you know, I don't know why anybody wanted to be a police officer today. And if I had gone into police work with the environment that there is today, I would never have done it. Never, never, never. I would have gone to, I'd been an auto mechanic. Never would have been a police officer. Never. So I was like, tank mechanic. Tank mechanic. But, but, I mean, sorry, this is just madness what we're seeing here today with regard to this issue with the police. And police. And then what gets this is what kills me. This idiot administration with this damn senile old goat and his cackling joker of a vice president, they want to put more power in the hands of the government with more laws. Think about that for a minute. In the 
problem now? We got police doing too many damn laws now? You want to get more power to these people you say are incompetent? Think about it for a minute. That's logic. Uh, you want to give okay. more and more power to people, government agents, that you say are incompetent and can't be trusted, even with basic firearms. We've got to disarm the police. we got to reimagine the police. Where do you get these idiots? In colleges? Universities? But, but wait a minute, Sarge. Wait a minute, Sarge. But shouldn't there be, with what we're seeing now, don't you think there should be some type of reform? Of, of police departments now. I didn't no, say defund. I, I didn't no. say defund. See, a lot of people get get that. If I say reform, you know, change no. some things in there. No, no, you shouldn't change anything. Because what I'm hearing for as positive as reforms are not intended to reform the police department so they could be more efficient and more competent and put away properly more bad guys. It is an attempt to deconstruct the institution of law enforcement so it can be remolded in an ideological frame. That's what it is, Mr. Talk. And if you don't believe that, you're not paying attention to what these mavens are saying. But isn't that some form of uh, a type of reform? Uh, Even so the, with the way you said it, yeah. Bolshevism so was a reform, too. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Well, you know, to to reform it to an ideological foundation is different than having a reform where it's more efficient. If you're exactly. going, to, if if you're going to reform it, quote unquote, to the ideological foundation, then it could be, as Sarge is saying, the Bolsheviks, or it could be the Marxists. If it's going to be reformed to the Marxist foundation, then we're all in trouble because nobody should have guns. Nobody should have private property. See, you got to remember, see, look, you you know, look at what's going on right now, Mr. Talk, with this ideological reformation in the armed forces with this idiot Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, this fool. Look at what's going on with, 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 with this thing. Now, there's an ideological purge going on in the armed forces. If you read history, it is akin in an American style. not the same as what they did because we, we won't allow this sort of thing here, at least not at this point. But what Joseph Stalin did to his Red Army in 1937, it was a purge throughout the ranks of the Red Army that resulted, get this now, in the executions of over 55,000 members of the Red Army for ideological infidelity. Execute. I didn't know and they that. literally purged the highest ranks of the Red Army mainly and the NCO Corps. And they hadn't finished rebuilding it with competent people rather than politically reliable people. They really restaffed their ranks with politically reliable people. They hadn't even completed that process by the time of the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union with Operation Barbarossa. That was one of the reasons why Adolf Hitler just cut through them like a knife, hot knife through butter. The most staggering military defeats in the history of mankind were inflicted on the Red Army in the first year of the invasion of the Soviet Union. In military history. Now, we're seeing something similar to doing now. They're going to start doing this with the police, too. These reforms will not, not, not be intended to make them more efficient and make them better. You can believe that. Okay. Now, before you go on the next next rant, <laughs> not a rant, sir. Uh, I just 
Okay, listen, 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 ma'am. Those who don't remember history of doom, here's, repeat it. Here, here's a question for you, Sarge. Here's a question for you now. So, with that being the case, how can today's police force become more efficient? How can they become better? Now, that's a rational question. First of all, completely disregard buy larger mansions and all their ilk. Antifa and all the rest, they mean no good. Ilan, Omar, AOC, all of them, they mean no good. Get together with citizens who want in particular to instill in their offices to spend the money necessary for better training. Training is critical. I mean, I don't know of anything that makes an army better than training. It's even more important than equipment. Tactics and training are infinitely more important. You ask armies that had, had that, 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 that lost wars when they were not as well equipped and smaller, like the Finns against the Red Army in the Russo-Finnish War in 1940. Here they got a massive Red Army, and the little Finns just kicked their asses because they were better trained and had better tactics. Massive Red Army just kicked their ass. A lot of people don't even know about that training. And discipline did it. Not equipment. Training, training, training. That means you got to spend money. You got to spend money on overtime. You got to spend because you got to have officers could take up the slack when they're in training. You're going to get officers injured in good training. That means you got to be prepared to pay for sick time and time off. See, they, they, these uh, 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 administrators, because you know I've been there, done this, I know this. They they hate the idea. You know, you got to fight them for training budgets because, you know, they, they got demands to cover certain areas and do this and do that. And, you know, they're always one of the first things they're going to cut is training time if they can do it. And it's one of the most critical. You were just talking about it. How was this woman trained? I'd love to see her training records. I had to keep meticulous training records. My department required me to keep meticulous training records. Date, time, places, scores. Syllabus, the nature of the training, everything. That's one of the most important police reforms right there. Familiarizing them with the law. I mean, really familiarizing with the law, especially if they're patrol and beat officers. Investigators, you ain't got to worry about so much because they got time to look up the statutes. They got time to sit there and call the state's attorney on the phone. Say, look, what do so, I need to get this guy? So, so you feel a lot of the officers out there patrolling aren't aware of the laws themselves? Some of them really aren't. I, I'd be amazed at some of the ignorance of some of my fellow officers with regard to the law that's supposed to be enforcing. It was just amazing to me. Hmm. Amazing. I said, wait a minute. Don't, that, man, hey, man, that, read the statutes right there. It's black and white. Would you read it, please? And they'd be totally thinking something. And they're police officers. <laughs> you might even find that among the state's attorneys. You bring a case to them, they say, well, I can't do that because, uh, look, it says, hey, Mr. State's Attorney, look, yeah, no, it says it right here. You can, right here. I'll show it to you. Like I said, government wow. is peopled by human beings, like you just said. They have varying mm. levels of competence. It goes with every human endeavor because we're human beings. Mm. Look, I'm the greatest general in American history, I think, at least one of them, was George S. Patton. You couldn't get better operational and tactical competence than him. But I'll bet you if you had a seance with the man, he would tell you, boy, I was a damn fool for having ordered the raid on Hamelburg. Hmm. That was really 
stupid. But you know what I mean? It just happens, man. They're people. Stop giving them so much to do when you'll lessen the likelihood of it. Now they want to give them more. And they don't want to train them for the stuff they got them doing. Sick. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, you should come on the show on Saturdays at 9 o'clock, uh, uh, Sarge, because we have yeah. the Fixinados on the show that I go to on Saturdays. They love Patton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, look, my admiration from him is unchecked. The man's prescience, the man's ability to uh, anticipate his insistence on training, his insistence on uh, operational discipline. I mean, he was really a one of a kind, really. Well, he had like joked about what was happening in the Battle of the Bulge before anybody else did. He had prepared his staff to get ready for it. Mm. That's well, why they were able uh, to make that uh, move so quick to relieve Bastone. Uh, because he okay. was savvy. All right. He All was right. Savvy. We're, not, we're not having lessons on pain today. <laughs> All right. I got it. Look, man, it, it, all of this can apply to the situation yeah. we're looking at. Right. But here's my and what we're looking at today is people who are gutless or demagogic or both. Well, you may have just And it's a damn shame that police officers out there who got to be the thin red line out there, got to bear the brunt of all this damn foolishness. And by the way, I agree that that woman's case in uh, uh, Minnesota needs to be adjudicated because her negligence was just so gross. Even And I believe she was in error. I don't think she meant to shoot the man to death. But it was okay. so gross. Right. That no, what, no matter the reasons, you've got to be aware of the things that affect you in a stressful situation. You don't need to be on this job. I mean, so, you know, yeah, Mike, but hold on, hold on, Sarge, before you go any further. Hold on, hold on, Sarge, before you go any further. Because I want to know, how do you feel about what her, her um, chief said? The, 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 the um, yeah, her commander said, well, you know, they just, it was just an accidental shooting and that's it. I think that was, a, I, I would never have made such a statement if I was the chief. I would say that we have a situation that's undergoing investigation. We will uh-huh. be in consultation with the state's attorney's office, and we will determine what action will be taken from there. I don't know why he would get up there and say one thing, something one way or the other. He hadn't determined whether it was accidental or not. How huh. the problem? We know it might have been deliberate. I don't think so. He made that statement after supposedly watching that the video. Inappropriate. I would not have done it. You say what you know for certain. That is a fact. <laughs> there was a shooting. Right. Uh, there, we had remarks on the scene and on the video where the officer involved was yelling taser at the same time right. she's deploying a firearm. Right. And you just speak to the facts. You don't make statements of fact that have not yet been ascertained. <laughs> well, uh, <gasps> you know, go ahead, Joe. See, 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 when you talk to people who really did this kind of work, you get a whole different outcome from those who did or didn't, don't even have an idea of these things. These things, and especially in this climate, you've got to be so damn careful. Careful. Exactly. You really do. You just speak to what is truth. In fact, the, yep. woman, uh, you know, the woman shot him. We have ample evidence that she did, in fact, shoot him. Her bullet that she discharged killed him. We are currently investigating as to the reason why. And we will summarize our findings and issue a result. If appropriate, we will take appropriate adjudicatory recommendation. Because after all, the police can't prosecute. The state's attorneys and district attorneys have to. 
And that's hmm. all he should have said. And that was Who it. Cold? Just that Who knows somebody well, just said, why are you so cold? Oh, go to hell. He wants. He should say that, but I will. I'll say it for him. <laughs> I'm addicted with this. I mean, I'm so sick of it. You have. Mm. Thank you for letting me vent. Really. Because yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't say none of this was on, when I was on the job. I had to keep it all to myself, and I did. I bottled these kind of things I'm saying up because it was inappropriate for me to say them when I'm wearing a uniform. Mm. Mm. I just shouldn't say them, mm. or I got to be prepared to face discipline or getting fired. Mm-hmm. I got a if question I thought it was that you, important, so. believe me, I would have. But now, okay. hey, I, I'm an American, natural-born citizen of the United States, and I can express my opinion until all of these demagogic senses get complete their Marxist takeover of my beloved country. Okay. You went left again. But go ahead and ask your question, Joe. <laughs> okay. Um, in the past, you've always heard um, police chiefs, and other people, supervisors, et cetera, who work for the police department always say, and it, it would always be considered a cover-your-ass situation. Well, we don't know all the facts, and when we get all the facts in, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll investigate. Sarge, do you think that because of the demagoguery that you're talking about and the ideological foundation, which has been switched over, in my opinion, do you think there's a slight but a growing... Um, decimation of the blue line because for example when floyd was uh was killed or died even the former police chief of new york he got on the air and he denounced um the cop and that surprised the hell out of me because the blue line is supposed to be the blue line you do not go against your fellow officers but it seems to me today that there are cops who are willing to throw the fellow cops before the trial under the bus. Again, any police chief, particularly a leader, a supervisor, and you can't get a higher-ranking supervisor than the chief of any police department, any, I'm going to just say it, any human sphincter muscle who says something that stupid ought to be condemned roundly. He doesn't know a damn thing. He's the chief of a police department in another state. All he can do is speak to what is on record, and he can say, when I learn more, I will say more. However, like a good leader, he's got a grandstand for the cameras and and his political masters. Like a good leader, Sarge, isn't he taking up for his his um, his officer? He's taking up. He, he's doing what no, he's Joe supposed to do. Right? No, 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 that's he different. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, because what I was talking about is that uh, this guy named Carrick and some other people that I'm hearing, they, they seem to be slowly um, almost decimating the blue line. They're not standing up for their officers, even in a neutral way. They seem to be throwing the, uh, the cops under the bus now, and I'm wondering if that's because of orders from on high. Well, well you know what, John? Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, Sarge. Hold on, Sarge. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Sarge. Wait a minute. You know, Joe, when, you know, thinking about that right there, you know, right and wrong. of course, that's their opinion of, of, you know, as Sarge has said before, their experience, what they've trained to do, what they've trained others to do. So, I mean, if, if it's wrong, it's a, it's a wrongful shooting. Shouldn't they say it's a wrongful shooting? How do they know it's a factor in? 
But none of them. I mean, who I mean, said? Wait a minute. Elementary uh, assumption. How do they but, know? But I think. Wait a minute, Sarge. I think Joe is talking about after you know, like this trial is going on when they come to testify in trial, right, Joe? That's what you're talking about, well, correct? Prior to the trial. I mean, prior to even. I mean, right after an arrest, let's say. Prior to the trial being set up, it seems that the cops, or the supervisors, the ones who are in the higher positions, they're throwing their fellow officers under the bus by not saying, well, we have to probe, we have to find out. It seems to me to be the stock answer for years. But they're changing it around to saying, well, it does look like the the man should have taken another tactic. When he says something like that, it has to prejudice members of the jury. Think about it for a minute. Like, so here's just like to go along with what Joe just said, Mr. Talk. Think about it for a minute. For a police chief to reflexively defend an officer who may have been guilty of misconduct or criminality, does lead credence, lend credence, to the idea that there's a thin blue line and cops don't want each other to be held accountable for anything. That's why you don't do it. You don't throw them under the bus. You don't reflexively defend them until you find out what happened, because they might have done something wrong. They're human beings. They are subject to being evil even. There have been evil cops. There are you don't evil know until you look into what happened. Now, as a general principle, if you want to talk about a principle, yeah, you're prepared to back up your guys. You better they're not going to have any good morale. But when you're talking about an individual case, you withhold the judgment until you've done enough investigating to make a conclusion, to warrant a conclusion. You know, Sarge, you just said something. You better or you won't have any morale. Don't you think it would be better morale if they know what is right is being upheld and what is wrong to get the bad apples out of the um Every one of those people takes an oath, Mr. Talk. They take an oath. An oath. So, uh, oath wait a minute, hold on. An uh, oath overrides the truth then. Uh, again, the oath is to the truth. Oh, it oh, specifically you calls said, upon you to but behave the way you with said integrity. It, wait a minute, hold on. The way you said it the is... the state of Illinois, wherever state you're working in, and the United States Constitution. It specifically uh, calls upon you to do that. So it's all, there's already the assumption that you're on the job to do it. Now, I, again, see, I'm not naive. I'm the least okay, naive person right. you're ever going to meet. I believe in natural law, and I believe in the infallibility of human beings. The original sin is what the framers did. They knew they designed the system because they knew they were a bunch of damn sinners. And they said you don't concentrate <laughs> power in anybody's hands, because if you do, you increase the likelihood of tyranny and abuse. <laughs> so I understand that these human beings call police officers often noble, they're often brave, they're often self-sacrificing, they're also corrupt, they're also venal, they're also sometimes flat-out evil and demonic, they're psychopathic sometimes, and they're crazy. They can be all of those okay. things. All right. See, and that's just it. And when you understand but, that, you don't go out on an edge either way. You take into account human nature. And if you do that, you usually won't go wrong. Human nature isn't everything that's good. Human nature you know is bad I, part of human I, I nature. Actually, I actually agree with you on that. I, I really do. I, you, you don't get any type of argument from me on that. Mm-hmm. You don't. Right. Because that makes but sense. We're, we're that is logical. And they're civil servants, for Christ's sake. But when, when you have... But Wait a minute. Hold on, Sarge. Hold on. 
because you have to remember the 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 society we're in now, the atmosphere we're in. You know, it only takes one video to get out on social media. It takes one video to get out on CNN or Fox or whatever. Depending on how they want to spend it, that is going to become the narrative. Correct? Yes. Now, how many people actually? How many people? Wait a minute, hold on, Sarge. How many people are actually going to sit back and go and look at that from the, you know, an original one, if they can find one that hasn't been edited, and say, okay, no, this is not the way it's being told, because this is not what my eyes are telling me. You know, but after you hear so much, so much, so much in in the media and social media, then instead of your eyes, you know, you, you start hearing in your head what they're saying. But your eyes are telling you something totally different, correct? Exactly, but here's the thing. It's, it's never, I believe, in the history of the United States, has there been more moral relativism Hello, on today than there is now, and especially for the people who are making complaints about the police. They are the uh-huh. ultimate in moral relativists. They are telling us it's okay to commit arson, destroy property, destroy the livelihoods of people so they can't make a living and feed their families, even on some occasions just being aggravated battery and murder because they have a cause worth doing so. Now, those very same people who say this kind of thing want to hold the police utterly accountable to the last jot and tittle for everything they do, which, by the way, is not improper. They're agents of the state. You have to hold the police accountable. That's why I'm so upset about this Ashley Babbitt thing. What is hypocrisy, sir? It is positively. Wait, man, hold on. You talking about? Wait, hold on. You talking about the 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 um the one in um D.C. January the sixth? Yeah, in the Capitol. We still don't know the officially the name of the person that killed her and his rationale for doing so. We haven't even gotten it from the department yet. They just said we we made an investigation and we decided to close it with no charges. Is that accountability? That's the new accountability. If if you get a, a member of an of a, a unfavored class, a deplorable, did she deserve death because she was deplorable? Is the penalty for criminal trespass now the death okay. penalty? Hold on. Stop. Stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Now, remember when I opened the show, I said sometimes our actions, actions cause certain things to happen, correct? I said that at the beginning of the show. Did I not, Joe? Yep. And now... Once again, we're back to that, that original statement. Her action was what? Breaking into a federal building, correct? Well, there's there more were, than that. For other charges, you get a charge what, with, too. Uh, well, the the, point, is, the point is, you, once again, the point is you got, now, see, this was a crowd. This was beyond a crowd, okay? And you got them coming through, and you fired at the first person to come through there. I mean, why are you going to charge somebody? Why are you going to charge them with that? Do not understand you are making my point. I just said just moments ago, why do we not have an official explanation? Accountability. Not from me, not from you, from the Capitol Hill Police Department as to why their officer killed a citizen. It might be justified. I don't know. All I know is I haven't heard their explanation. I haven't even heard the name of the officer who killed this woman in our name. You're not disturbed by this? Of course. But look, both of you were right. No, because I both saw it the other day. Right. But go ahead. It's all about mm-hmm. rules. We're not trying to make. We're trying to hold police accountable. Hold we on. Should. Hold on. 
We're hold not on, holding the Capitol Hill Police hold Department hold accountable hold right hold now. Hold on, Sarge. Hold on, Sarge. So Joe can finish his point. Go ahead, Joe. Well, like I said, both of you are right. Uh, what's Sarge's point is the rules are for thee, not for me. It's a small relativism. And you're right also. And Sarge is agreeing with you. People have to be held accountable. But since we do not have an accounting from the people who are supposed to give it to us, then you have to have a huge question mark going, what's going on here? I'm done. I've never seen anything okay. like this. I, Mr. Joe and Mr. Dark, I have never seen anything like this case with Ashley Babbitt. Now, I've heard of it before where the killings were like Sub Rosa and they were out of sight. This was about as public as you can get in the United States Capitol building. We had a citizen, an armedly discharged veteran of the Iraqi Armed Forces, who upon discovery had in her backpack not an IED, but a scarf and a sweater. Now, if this officer wants to tell us the reason I shot her is because I thought she was entering through that window with an IED in her backpack, let him tell us that, for God's sake. What is with this silence? This is secret police state? Well, yeah, it is, Sarge. See, this is the point I'm trying to make yes, you, Mr. Yeah, Sarge. I, thank you. I was about to say the same thing. It's not me. It's not you. It it's is. the Capitol Police. Uh, Why won't they give it us is. an exposing? Exactly okay, what you were talking about Sarge, before, well, Sarge, see, and, what, and what Mr. Talk has been talking right. about on the show in previous shows and what I've always been saying. But we that, all agree we're supposed to hold the police accountable. There's not an argument here with that. We, no, we not just that. Agreement. Everything is now secretive. There is no accountability. There is no transparency. And it's been like that for years. And that's what's terrifying, even. Uh-huh. Now, that's terrifying. But, but, Your government but is engaging in police secrecy. Here's the other interesting thing. Here's the other interesting thing about this, Sarge, is that is what some some of these so-called quote-unquote reforms are calling for, you know, straight up out accountability. Now, the problem is who's going to be able to enforce that? Is it going to be the state? to be local and government? It. Is right. it going to be federal right. government? Yeah. See, now who's going to enforce that? Well, the federal government already has to say so. When uh, constitutional rights are violated, they already have a civil rights division in the Department of Justice that looks into these things. So the federal government already has a role. Certainly the state governments do. That's entirely their bailiwick at all times. So we already have the mechanisms for accountability. You've got to remember, I've got to keep stressing this because I know a lot of people don't want to accept this and believe it. They're not connecting the dots. Most of this we're seeing now is impelled by people who wish to fundamentally transform the United States of America. One of the most critical institutions that they see needs fundamental transformation is law enforcement and local and state police departments. Well, We have got to accept that as true because I listen to them every single day. I read what they write. And I read the... the, the, the Wait a minute, hold on. Transform them into what, Sarge? Transform them into what? A Marxist centralized super state. Okay. That's what. Hmm. It's indisputable. They're following the playbook of the Gramscians and the Institute for Social Research that started in the 1920s. It's all in the playbook. It's all written out. It's in Coward Piven. It's in Saul Alinsky. All of these things, they're combining it with, uh, with techniques like Critical theory and critical race theory and intersectionality, 
All How about stuff, all combined? How about just making police departments and officers more um, accountable for their actions? Eliminate. Let's cool. eliminate. Let's eliminate police immunity. Let's get rid of that. Okay. <laughs> I, that's a bad one, ain't it, Sarge? I heard you grow on that one. Yeah, I heard you You don't like that. You Look don't at like the propaganda that. they did with this shooting in Chicago with Adam Toledo. CBS actually edited out the frames where you could see the boy turning toward the police officer with a gun in his hand, and eight-tenths of a second later, the officer shot him. Now, you eliminate qualified immunity. Now, what do you think now once again, now? hold on, Sarge. Hold on. When you start talking about that now, hold on. Now, from a, a certain, as we talked about uh, on video manipulation now, from a certain point of view, it looks like he has something in his hand before he tosses it. Then he turns around. Now, in another one, okay, see, you can see a gun. In another one, it just looks like he turns and his hands are up. They edited those. Okay. Don't so you say they edited. They well, wait a minute. Hold on, Sarge. Sarge, will you please hold up? Out. They show I can see the, with his back to the, the veins popping in your forehead now. He's turning around with his hands in the air. Okay, now that you have said that, my point is this. (laughs) You know it's going to be edited, right? So instead of just watching one. Why should it be edited when it ends things that are absolutely crucial in determining the proper. Number one, number one, it has to be edited. It has to be edited because we live in a politically correct. Okay, now I can see what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well you know, Sarge usually doesn't even get a chance to say this in other shows, so he, he does it here, which is cool. <laughs> but, you know, my, my thought process is, okay, that's why it's up to you to find just more videos, because you know they're going to edit it. You know there's something they're leaving out, right? So you um, as the citizen. Yeah, but here's the, yes. here's the real problem. People What's the real problem? And they absorb whatever's on the, uh, the right. mainstream media like a sponge. Correct. Correct. So, yeah, yeah people do search for other videos. They do search for other evidence. But I do two hours worth of research every night except for uh, Saturdays and Sundays. Uh-huh. And that's because I used to do a hell of a lot more when I first started, but then I had to train myself how to do it with a little bit more discipline and, um, you know, and cut out the fat. But that takes a lot of time. To take a look at both sides of an argument, and I download it. I don't even bother reading it online anymore because that's, that's, that's what took up a lot of time. So I just download it for further reading. But that right. takes a lot, a lot of time to do research. It does. And it, it, it does. Yeah. And 98% of the people in the United States are not going to do it. I agree with you, Joe. I agree with you 100%. And, uh, if you would see, if you would see, if you would see how much... If you would see, if you would see how much stuff I download and read over and about before I even do a show, and mm-hmm. that's before I, you know, I actually pick something I want to talk about, right. you know, and but the information is out there, and you can find different versions and you know different worded things, and you can put the whole picture together. But most people they come home, sit down, watch CNN, that's watch right. Fox, watch um, OIN, or depending on whatever your affiliation it is, and that's what the story is. Because they find it. Yeah, and it's the same thing with police um, shootings. I know, but remember, a 13-year-old can shoot you just as dead as a 30-year-old. Well, hey, you don't get an argument with me out there. 
You know, it's sad when, um, they, you know, see, here I go. It's bad when they make all this fuss about an officer killing uh, a black guy in the street. You know, but there's no argument with all the shootings and things that's going on in the, in the community. No, y'all, I'm not talking about black-on-black crime. I'm not talking about white-on-white crime. I'm talking about babies being shot just for being at a place where some knucklehead decided he want to drive by and shoot. Okay? Huh. Yeah, you know, they're going to make it seem like it's one group or another. But, no, it's a combination. And why is a 13-year-old at 2.30 in the morning anyway? Huh. See, hey, I'm boss. back to that again. See, that's another hey, question boss. I want to. Why? Mm-hmm. Why is he out at 2.30 in the morning? Yeah. Hey, boss, do you remember Chicago? You remember a nine-year-old hitman named Yummy Sandifer? A hitman for the black gangster disciples who, after he did his hits, the gang, his fellow gang, killed him in an alley to make sure he wouldn't be giving information to the police because police had identified him and were looking for him. So his own gang took the nine-year-old boy out and murdered him. He was a nine-year-old hitman. He was a nine-year-old Look it up. A nine-year-old assassin. I'm going to have to look that one up for real. Yummy Sandifer, S-A-N-D-I-F-E-R. Yummy, like good, mm-hmm, good. Yeah, look Yummy Sandifer. Yeah. Mm. So, oh, I mean, I everything wow. is distorted today. These people are hideous beyond imagining. And they're got, they're, they, have, they do not have the best interest of this nation at heart. With all the stuff they're doing, they're Marxists. Most of Wait a minute, hold on, hold on. I'm not see, you know, once again, and you know, y'all know how I feel about labels. So you throwing labels around? Hold up. How many of them actually even know what the heck a Marxist is? Um, sir, do you know how an airplane flies, but yet still do you get on it? Do you know the principles of, of Bernoulli's principle of lift? But you still get on the airplane, you use the airplane anyway, don't you? Yeah. You don't need to know it. You All you need to know is how to implement it. You don't ah. need to know that uh, Otto Dommeler and Benz invented the first car to use one. The point of the matter is that you use it. Uh, oh, okay. And they're right. using tools invented by Marxists, and they're using tools invented by radicals like Cloward Piven, like um, uh, uh, Her- Herbert Marcusa like Antonio Gramsci and all these others, to do what they're doing right now. <laughs> okay, You don't sorry. need to know the philosophies behind them. All well, right. For, for example, Tell me something. When I was getting my five-paragraph warning so, order in the hold on. I need so, to know that that came from Auftrag's tactic, which was a German innovation? No. I used it, though. Have you heard of Claude Schwab? You... Huh? Have either of you heard of Klaus Schwab? I've been hearing that name. No, I haven't heard uh, of him. Yeah, I, it's, it rings a bell. I can't. It's well, supposed to be, in. you know, affiliated with Piven and um, and the rest of them. Like, oh yeah, Piven. now I remember. Yeah, what about him? Um, because I want to know if you guys knew anything about him, because I know very little about him. Just what I heard over the uh, over the radio that he's supposedly responsible for a lot of what's going on today. Oh yeah, he's an oh, old luminary. Well, they had a bunch of them. They had Gore, <laughs> Luke, Gott. okay. So we moved on from George Soros now. I can name off a whole list of these people who are influential and instrumental intellectual lights in these radicals we're looking at today. And a lot of them don't even know it. 
Sarge, what is your definition of radical? Radical means something that is heretofore unconsidered and will create tumultuous changes in an entity, organization, nation, or principle. That's what hmm. radicalism is. And that's and bad? That's, yes, frequently, especially when it's inspired by Marxism. Now, the jet engine was a radical transformation in aircraft propulsion, but it wasn't bad because it enabled airplanes to fly higher over the weather and faster. So it was a radical change, but it wasn't a bad change. Marxism and Bolshevism is a radical change. Hold on, Sarge. Hold on, Sarge. Hold on, Sarge. So who gets gets to decide what's, what's good or bad? Who decides uh, what's right or wrong? I many others based upon our common sense and our study of history and our reason. Marxism and communism is a denial of human nature. That's why it always fails. That's why they're mostly atheists. Because oh, they deny Lord. human now nature you throw a religion and the way human there. beings think and, and create their cultures and so, worlds. So, so you, you, okay, you've thrown religion in, you've thrown political beliefs in, you throw just regular stuff in. So the way well, you, you put it, I mean, who, the why. I know I'm asking questions. Denial of I'm human just saying, nature with itself. all that being done, and we already human have enough problems. Human nature is to worship a deity. Wait. That's our nature. Hold we on. all do wait a minute. it. Why? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Sarge. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay? So what you're saying, though, is basically there's only one right way of doing this, and if you believe I in something like Marxism, you believe that. in something like I communism, you, you, you're not. I Marxism. Okay. All right. And I'm, so you, it, you're it, taking it, me on something so, I didn't say. <laughs> I'm speaking to the question. nature of Marxism, which is what we're witnessing, because Marxism has specific characteristics like a lion or a tiger or a crocodile. But wouldn't you say, wouldn't you, wait a minute, hold on, wouldn't you say if if that is the case then, some change would be good, even if it is related to Marxism? No, I would say no change related to Marxism is good. So we should, so we should stay the same. We we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't reform, I mean, you know, um, we shouldn't um, hold police accountable. Marxism, any. That's absolute with me. But why? Now, you don't have to share that opinion. But why? But I've done too much study <laughs> of what Marxism did in the 20th century. 130 million dead people has a direct result of Marxist policy or communist policy. That's good enough for me. So, okay. All right. See, I'm going to go somewhere that's going to get real ugly. So what about the United States in all these wars killing all these people over no really legit uh-huh. reason? Now, I uh, know. People, Come on, now. People were killing people in wars for no good reason long before the advent of Marxism and communism. Marxism but, didn't no, cause but what I'm saying, but sorry, what I'm saying is, I'm what I'm saying is you Marxism just... For people being okay, you, okay. I'm That's not what that you're the doing. The nature of the systems that that create induces and requires mass murder. Others, this is not necessarily true. <laughs> Let me take a look okay. at the history. I want to ask uh, um, Eric. I want to ask uh, Sarge a question. Go ahead, Joe. Okay, Go ahead. Um, you were talking about the purge, and fifty-five thousand had been executed under Stalin. How yeah, would in their they, own army? Yeah. How would they in the army? How would they allow themselves to do that? Okay. Here's the way they did it. Here's the way they did. It. They did it with selective purges 
and with their secret police. They didn't just all of a sudden descend upon the Red Army all one day, the same way they killed all those Poles intelligentsia in the Katyn Forest. They did it the same way. They would take a group of them at a time out for questioning, and they'd never be seen alive again. They took him in the secret basements in the dungeon. Remember, okay, you know, they right. take somebody in the custody. You don't have to did, announce the fact they've been arrested, apprehended, or detained. Hey, did, hold on. Did Chicago the used to have one of those? In Lubyanka. You ever heard of the Lubyanka in Moscow? Chicago they had, had a black site like that. Down there in jail. That's what the NKVD, that's what it was. And when the KGB didn't exist then, it was the NKVD. The NKVD would take out people for questioning. You know, well, we just want to question okay. you because we, we you think we might be unaware of subversive elements within the army. But okay. and then next thing you know, boom, they put a bullet in the back I, of their neck. Okay, I understand. And then that. they say they oh, we've been tra- we're going to transfer these guys to Siberia, and they do those kind of selective operations oh, okay. one, more wanted. than one at a time. And they do it until they had finally effectively purged the army. They just start just lining it up and we all start shooting them. All right. I would have alerted them. The Red Army thought they would have rebelled. I wanted to find out. Of course, they wouldn't do it that quickly, at least, I was thinking. Yeah, they even took out Marshal Tukhachevsky, that marshal of the Soviet Union. Why? Because he was forward-thinking. He was innovative. He was, oh, Lord have mercy, an independent thinker. Sorry, I want to ask you, what, I want to do a follow-up before, before Eric jumps in with, and the, with the other topic. You, I mean, they, they had to take him out because he was a rival, potentially, to Joseph Stalin. Okay, um, but the number, 55,000, let's say even if it's done over five years, and yes, they may have been transferring them to Siberia, to the gulags, and but that would explain in part why, when these people were not able to come back home again, how the families may have been satisfied through some explanation why their loved ones weren't coming back. Exactly. But and the that... worst thing for the Red Army was it was done at mostly at the higher levels of command. It, it was done with the officers of, say, brigade rank and up to a great extent, division commanders, brigade okay. commanders, and also they would go after senior NCOs to a lesser extent, but mainly officers. How long did this All right. take? Okay, hold on, wait a minute. question on that. <laughs> I'd say within two years, they had, uh, but within, by the time of the Russo-Finnish War, it was largely complete in, in 1940. You uh-huh. heard of the Russo-Finnish War in 1940, right? There, where, where Britain almost declared war on the Soviet Union as a result. How many years, Sarge? I'd say uh, two, maybe two and a half. Wow, that's a short time. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. But All right, so killing people—that's one okay. thing Tommy on, can so. do—is he kill people efficiently? Okay, heck, we kill people efficiently. They ain't got to be Tommy to do that. We've shown that. But anyway, <laughs> back to what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Yummy Sandifer was an 11-year-old American boy from Chicago, Illinois. Sandifer's murder by fellow gang members in Chicago garnered national attention because of his age, resulting in his appearance on the cover of Time magazine in September 1994. His criminal charges were murder, arson, and drug possession. So, yeah, he wasn't nine. He was 11. Wow. That's interesting. There's actually a movie. Apparently, huh? Very but, interesting. Yeah, but a nine or eleven. I mean, a preteen being able to kill people. Jesus. <laughs> At will. Yeah. 
I know, at will. That's the scary part, isn't it? At will. But then again, we, we see it in today's society, too. All right, we got about 10 minutes left, and I need to get cover what is something else here. So, Sarge, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to leave you right there right now, and we'll come back to you in a minute. All right, five things you should do when stopped by a police officer. Number one, carefully choose where you stop. Okay? It may not matter to you, but it matters to the officer. And really, it matters to you, too. Stop somewhere where it's safe. You have light. And, uh, I was about to say, a lot of light. <laughs> yeah, a lot of light. Um, when you stop on the side of the road, sometimes the officers get antsy a little bit because of the traffic coming. Yeah, so if you can. Now, if you can't pull over right then, turn on your four-way flashers, you know, or blinker or something. Let the officer know that you intend to pull over. Okay, don't just keep driving because they're going to say you're trying to avoid arrest or you're trying to get away. All right, so what you do is turn on your flash to slow down and let him follow you to where you feel safe at and you pull over. Okay, prepare. Number two, prepare and make yourself visible. Many officers are too aware of the hazards associated with pulling over the wrong person. Shut off the vehicle and any music. Make yourself highly visible, ideally by turning on the light inside the car. <laughs> That's a good suggestion. Uh, That's a good suggestion. Officer, offer more comfortable, make the officer more comfortable and let him or her know that you're not scrambling to take care of something else, like hiding contraband or getting out a weapon. Okay? Uh, number three, roll down your window as they come to the car. Okay, rolling down your window is the easiest way for you to communicate with the author, if possible, you wonder why they're on their way to you so that when they get there, they'll be able to speak with you easily. If for some reason you aren't able to roll down the window, a broken automatic window system, for example, make sure that you communicate this clearly to the officer when they arrive at the door. Don't make a move to open the door or do anything as you're told to. And here's another thing. Shut up. I'm just going to tell you right up, shut up. All right, because some of y'all, as soon as you see them walking, y'all, why don't you pull me over for? And see, automatically, you done escalated something that didn't have to be escalated. Okay? So just shut up. Let him ask you what he need to ask you. You go about your business. You know, as I was saying earlier in the show, some of y'all make them decisions that are not good for you. When you may not have been getting a ticket, now you're going to get a ticket and everything you think of because you done pissed him off. Just because you done had a bad day. I'm just saying. That's something I added in there, okay? Shut up. Here's a good one. Don't reach for anything, of course. And basically what I just got for the saying, be polite. Be polite. You know, I know some of y'all, that's hard for some of y'all, but you, you can try it every now and then, okay? I like, no, I'm not going to say that. That would be mean to say that. <laughs> okay, just be nice. Okay, be nice. It's not that hard. Yes, yeah, some of y'all are going to have an issue with that, but it's okay. It's okay. All right, so those are five things you can do. Um, boy, everybody coming now. All right, hold on. Let me let me bring uh, let me bring Sarge in. We'll get these next two calls. Then we're going to get up out of here. All right, go ahead, Sarge. Yeah, a uh, little thing about Yummy Sandifer. Uh He started in the gang at nine. He was killed when he was 11. Sarge. He started his activities. Sarge. He was 
They're Sorry, rushing for we armed moved robbery. On from that. We, we, we moved on from that. All right, okay, I got okay. Okay. But look, uh, but look uh, when it comes to this thing, good. I'm glad to see people are educating people and how they should behave when they're pulled over by the police. But you kind of think it wouldn't be necessary to give people a basic education on how to behave when they're confronted by a police officer. They, when you get your driver's license, I remember in the state of Illinois telling you how you're supposed to act was part of your license process on the test. Now, I know most states got similar things. You would think it wouldn't be an issue, but we know why it's an issue. It ain't education. It's the fact that the police officers are being demonized to the point where a lot of people think it's perfectly legitimate to resist them and become combative with them because they're racists and white supremacists, and all they want to do is murder black men on sight. Okay. Thank you, sir, for that. I got a couple more calls I need to get to, so hold on. All right. Triple One, welcome to the show. Talk to me. Who do I have here? Hello, Mr. Soft. Hello, Maze. Make it, make it a Hello. quick one, Maze. Oh, I have the perfect cop that Sarge needs to follow. You know the 91-year-old cop that knows everybody and speaks to everybody and have a, he said you have a, a, please, a pleasant attitude when you approach people because you want people to treat you the way you want to be treated. And also when you approach by a cop, put your ID in your mouth, and when he come up, that's all you have, and, and you can't say nothing. And now what the rules are they supposed to follow when they go to arrest people? And make sure your phone is rolling and a camera is somewhere so it can be everywhere in everything that moves that they make that you can tell when you, if you don't have to have a problem and, you, and they do something to you, and you can take it to court and everybody can see it. That's why we can see what's going on. Now, Sarge refused to accept that. But I like Officer Friendly, the man that's been in law enforcement for 91 years, and how you're supposed to treat people. That's where the book needs to be done and how it needs to be. But all, no black cops are going around doing all of this stuff. When they stop people, what's wrong with what's wrong with this system? You got one group of people harassing people coming up with guns drawn all on them and don't even know who they're drawing the guns on. Just like that last cop, they drove a gun on him, and he was law enforcement himself. They have problems too with their own people. So what's wrong? What's what's with that picture? And they know the rules and regulations. Something's wrong somewhere. So we ain't got to be in love with bad people and people that do bad things and other people try to come and be an excuse for them. No, that shouldn't be working. And that's okay. all I got to say on that. But the 91 year old, he needs to go to the to the police uh, academy and teach them how to be a cop, not to become an evil person toward other people just because you made. Because you they did not send you, they sent you there to serve and protect, not come with an attitude or to harm somebody. So if all cops was doing it, it'd be a whole different thing. But all cops are not going around doing this. Take a look okay. at the ones that you need to do. All right. And I will listen. You too. Thank you, Maze. All right. Let's see. Next call up. Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? What you have for me? Wow. When I call in, you breaking up. Boy, what's up with you, son? How you doing? (laughs) Well, well, well. Look who's decided to show up. I'm doing fine. How are you? It's been five years. It's been five years. You hung up on me that day with, with Beasley. And you took that broke Beasley. We found out he was broke and can't pay his rent. How you doing, Mr. Talk? Wonderful to hear from you, man. We friends <laughs> on Yeah, I saw your bowling stroke, man. You you got a nice stroke. My goodness, boy. We knocked him down, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, for those who don't know who we're talking to, we're talking to all facts. I know y'all don't remember. I know who he is. <laughs> no, well, all facts. 
No, you said Michael. No, you call me Michael. I'm not all okay. back to you. I'm all right, Michael. all right. You, you Michael to me. Okay. I this is Michael. Say, yes, you the one started this madness. You were the first show I came on. You and Mr. Solution created me. I blame no. you for this. But anyway, what's up, man? I heard Nothing. Joe. Joe's still on here. Uh, nice yeah. to hear you, Joe. I don't know if he hung up, but uh, let me give a couple comments. Yeah, I called in. I'm doing a special show on Talk Real Solutions for MandelaCon. You know he passed away, and I finally got the address, so I'm gonna give the address tonight at nine o'clock. Talk Real Solutions. Uh, if y'all want to send some cards or condolences or some flowers, I think his uh, range is gonna be at Friday. Um, so hmm. I'm gonna give out okay. the address and stuff like that from Adelicon. So check it out, and then I'll post it up. You and my friend, I'll post up the address on Facebook too. So uh, y'all go check that out, and uh, we're gonna, you know, try to play some recordings of him, and uh, and I'll have my rant. But Mr. Talk, it's wonderful to hear from you. Um, real quick, I'm a, uh, I know you got to get ready to go. Um, let me say something about you guys' topic. I disagree with you. I think you're a little bit too hard. And I understand where you're coming from, uh, Mr. Talk, because you're talking about behavior. Young man, why did he do that? But I'm saying we pay police officers to always be professional, okay? Um, they get paid to handle people who are in that situation. When it comes to that boy, I mean, it's, unexcus- it's unexcusable. She has to go to jail. She has to do some time um, because... I don't know. It's just it's just reckless. I, I wonder if they did have a urinalysis on her. I think the public should know. Uh, did she have any drugs in her system? Um, that should be that should happen before they even have a chance to resign. Um, and I understand where you're coming from. Things are case by case basis. Um, but I heard Joe says that hey, I agree. Where are you going to go in the world? You have the tags. They have your car. You're not mm-hmm. going to go anywhere. So if you say that, they don't have to go get and kill them. You see? And my yeah. personal opinion, the reason why this, I'm going to play the gender role, she pulled the gun out because she was a female. If that was a male, the male probably wouldn't have pulled his uh, a gun wow. out at that quick or a taser that quick because they probably would have, you know, tried to handle him, grab his legs, drag him out the car. Something similar to George Floyd. If they can judge George Floyd, that's something like that. I'm surprised that the car drove away that quickly. I mean, it seemed mm. like it was an electric car or something. It's like he pushed the button and must go. I didn't know he had the time to put the uh, brakes and then put it in gear. I mean, he he drove off quickly. So yes, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that goes. It seemed like it was a remote control car to me. I don't know how he got it. But um, that's the only thing I was, I would try to little disagree with you on. Um, I understand that these kids are uh, their children. I understand that they should be taught home. But see, if the police officer says, well, their parents should have beat them a little bit more and should have taught them how to respect their elders and authority, um, they wouldn't be getting killed. No, that's not. You can't bring your politics. You can't bring Fox News on your job as a police officer. You cannot do it. If not, you're going to have a bias. Now, I'm going to say it again. It's plain and simple there is a bias. Subconsciously, if that was a white boy, she would have went to the tasers. Subconsciously, she was thinking about killing, killing with the media. Subconsciously, those officers should have shot everyone on that Capitol building, but they did not. They had every authority to do. Only one guy was, was not programmed with that subconscious mind that white privilege is the one who shot that woman, right? 
So I'm saying when it comes to black you know I'm saying this. It is a bias. It is a bias. I know you want to talk about the behavior of young black men, but it is a bias they kill quickly when it comes to us. Bottom line. That's all I have to say, brother. And uh, I'll try to call back in. I, I don't. Are you still on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, or is it just up in the air? Just I Mondays. Know it's still at just Mondays. Just Mondays. Oh, just Mondays? Okay. Yeah, just Mondays. All right. Okay, brother. So I know the schedule, and I'll be checking you out soon. All right, All right thanks, thanks, man. All right, thanks, oh, Mike. Oh, Good to hear you, from you. Oh, 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 well, are you going to overtime, or are you just going to end it? Uh, I got a few things to say, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to end it. I got some things oh, okay, to do. Okay, then. All right, then. <laughs> All right, I'll listen to your last words. You take it easy. All right, thanks. All right, bye, brother. All right. Bye. All right. Wow. That, that's what I'm talking about right there. See, it's good to hear old voices with with ideas. <laughs> And you know what Mike is right, though. Michael is right. There, There is a bias. You know, there's bias on both sides, actually. You know, most black people feel that the police don't care, and they're they, they just going to shoot. And, you know, a lot of other people feel that, well, you know, uh, we act the way we do, and that's why we get happen, what happens happens. So it, uh, we got to come to a common ground somewhere. But those aren't my last words, y'all, because my last words are going to tell you what it is, what resisting arrest is, so you would know not to do that, okay? But, Joe, where you at? I know you got something for me here in the last minutes or so. Joe, are you there? He going once. Joe, are you there? Going twice. Okay, Joe done went to sleep, y'all. We just don't hear him snoring. Okay. Anyway, here we go. Uh, what is seen as resisting arrest? Because this is one of the things they will get you for just because. Okay. Um, <laughs> here we go. Resisting arrest generally involves situations where a person obstructs, resists, or delays a law enforcement delays a law enforcement during the performance of their duty. Any action a person takes that impedes an officer, even standing their way, could qualify. Actions commonly seen as committing this crime, committing this crime, include physically struggling against or attacking an officer while attempting to arrest you. Okay? Number two, giving an officer a fake name or other false personal information. Or, and here was someone else say, he has to drag me. Well, you will be charged with resisting arrest. Because requiring the officers to carry or drag you to make the arrest is considered resisting arrest. All right? Now, you could spend up to a year in jail because of it. You could be fined up to $4,000, depending on your state and your laws. And you could be placed on probation. Okay? Now, that's if it was just a misdemeanor. If they charge you with a resisting arrest as a felony, you can spend up to three years in prison. In Louisiana, it can be up to 10 years. Fines can range up to $10,000. More of restitution is ordered to an injured party. You know, if somebody get injured while you wrestling with the officer, you can be here um, accountable. Former probation with weekly and monthly reporting. All right? So, there it is. That's what officers around the country consider resisting arrest. All right, so think about it. You know, 
yes, Mike said it, there are biases, but sometimes I think we let our biases get in the way before theirs kick in. And sometimes theirs have already kicked in, so once you start, that just ramps it up a little bit more. Now, I must say, from my my, um, research and what have you, it did say that the citizen themselves is not responsible for de-escalating a situation, okay? It's the officer's responsibility, of course. That's what they get paid for, right? However, if you can aid in that situation, you stand a better chance of surviving the encounter. Okay? I'm just going to say that like that. Okay? So, hey, check up on your laws you state. And in some states, see, and a lot of them don't enforce this, but in some, some states it's illegal to have something hanging from your rear view mirror. Now, the law states that if it obstructs your view of, of the, the front windshield and the back windshield and the sides as well, you know, a lot of times that's the, the officer's discretion. I'm just saying. Hey, the laws out there, Middle Texas, California, I think there's a couple more. You know, a lot of times it's not enforced, but they can put you over for that. Okay, just remember that. So don't just go flying off the handle. You know, take the little speech or whatever and go on about your way. And you live to see another day. All right. So that's going to do it for me. But what I want to say is, um, yeah, our decisions, man, our decisions is very important. Huh? You there, Joe? Okay, then we're going to get out of here. All right, y'all, um, thank you for listening. It's been fun. Sarge, as always, Maze, uh, Joe, Michael, thank you for calling in, my brother, Petta in the chat room. Okay, we're going to get up out of here. Just remember, uh, we'll be back next weekend, same time. Remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with an open heart, but make sure you forgive yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. You can laugh at yourself. Everything else is just groovy. All right, so till next week, man. Y'all be good, and we'll come back with we'll you again with another show, good show for you. All right, we're going out here with some uh, Robert Palmer and Simply Irresistible. See y'all later. I'm out.
us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.